Dubois racing into the zone, looking to cut in. Dubois from a sharp angle. He scores! Now springing free is Dubois. Trying to break in and does. Fights off the jack. What a goal! Dubois jams it to the front of the net. And the Leafs, the Leafs give up a second goal here early. Heading to the net, Dubois. Nyquist, Dubois scores! What a great play. Jackets off the wing. Dubois scores! Dubois scores! Loose puck in the slot. Full stride, Robinson cuts on it, Dubois scores! Great work there by Foligno, away goes Dubois, Dubois cutting in on the wing, Charette tries to get back, Dubois, the backhander, and scores! Oh, for sure, Gord, it's talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, back for Season 3, Episode 11, we're calling this one the Danny Cleary. Uh, famous Detroit Red Wing, uh, number 11, Danny Cleary. First Newfoundlander with his name on the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, there's a lot of famous number 11s out there, so it was hard to pick um, a, a number 11 to go with. But in the end, I had to go with Danny Cleary for the simple fact that he was the first Newfoundlander to have his name on the Cup. There's, you know, such legends as... Um, Gilbert Perrault, both the Parises, uh, JP and uh, his kid, Zach, is it? Parise, they both wear 11. Um, you know, you had your Mike Gartner's wearing number 11, Kevin Deneen, Danny Alfredson, Gary Lehman, of course, Mark the Moose Messier. Um, uh, Saku Koivu were 11. You got a lot of guys nowadays wearing 11 who are really good with like your Jonathan Huberdos. Um, I don't know who else is out there wearing 11. Jordan Stahl. Uh, lots of guys wearing 11. But we're going with Danny Cleary here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's me, your host, uh, Tom, co-host Tom. And I've got with me, as always, streaking down the wing, wearing number 46, co-host Randy. And how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing quite well. And you know what? Uh, truth be told, I was number 11 for the first season of Caress of Steel. Get out! And I also wore number 11 probably, you know, second year Adam Hockey, Stonewall, okay. uh, Stonewall Stingers back then. I was playing defense back then. Um, I think so- I was number 46 the following season, and that's when... The number chose me. I did not choose 46. <laughs> 46 chose me. And so it happens a lot of the time. And uh, so we'll just add you to that list of notable mentions there. And actually, I do want to shout out two more guys for that number 11 list. Al McKinnis, who everybody knows wore number two, he actually wore number 11 in 1982. Must have been his rookie year. And they were like, here you go, wear this. And uh, uh, one of the guys with the best ever hockey names, Newsy Lalonde. Well, Newsy wore that number 11 back in 1927. So there you go. Hey, fun story. So maybe Al McInnes, who ended up being number two, he got number uh, number 11. Maybe he wanted to be number two, but somebody else had it. But one plus one equals two. Oh, that's... And there's like some clever stuff going on there. And I just noticed the other day when I was watching Detroit play, 
And I think I'm pretty sure Bobby Ryan is number 54 on he the sure trip this year. And he's normally number nine. So five plus four five plus four. Oh. A little mathematics here on st- talking hockey, the hockey talking <laughs> show. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> I love it. You come here to learn uh, and, you know, just uh, hear about hockey stuff in general. Well, here's what we're going to try to do today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We are tr- going to try and stick to a hard Latang, as we're calling it, the hard 58. Um, and, uh, the, the reason we're going to have a real condensed and it's not, not even condensed, just, this is going to be our new normal, just like uh, pandemic style recording over zoom. Um, but we're, we're gunning to have talk and hockey, the hockey talking show hit the actual airwaves on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. Um, as you may know, our podcast is hosted through the UMFM website on their podcasts page so umfm.com slash podcast um also find us on instagram at talking hockey podcast um but yeah we want to we want to get a prime slot on those umfm airwaves so we're going for a uh what what co-host randy dubbed a hard latang uh sticking with the jersey number theme so that's um yeah, that's the kind of new goal here is to uh, get our epis on the airwaves. And I think we can hit the the hard Latang because the last two episodes, we've been doing a hard Hemsky, uh, uh, 83. <laughs> <laughs> and we did like con- consecutive episodes with a, with a guest. And we were yeah. at 83, I think 8303 and 8304, basically nice. two weeks in a row. So we're consistent. We're so nailed. now, yeah. now can we, now can we get it down to the hard Latang? tune in and find out yeah stay tuned to find out um i can't wait for episode 83 the hemsky the (laughs) alish hemsky probably Uh, the only guy that ever wore number 83 except for the guy who like showed up like to some team and they're like oh this is our last jersey we have left (laughs) that's how mustard on this yeah put it on kid I think that's how I ended up with 74. It was basically like I was the new guy and they were like, I don't know, this is the only other jersey we have that'll fit you. So, but uh, let's crack into our um, beverages of the week. Uh, I've got a Torque Steer here. It's a double IPA from uh, Torque Brewery out in St. James, which is a little commercial light industrial area of Winnipeg. Um 90 IBUs. It's a, you know, strong beer, as they say. So uh, I've never had it before, but um, it's got a tire that's on fire on the can. So nice. You (laughs) gotta love a good tire fire. And this week I've got the coconut moon tower from Sucrum's Brewing Company. The, uh, you know, the local neighborhood watering hole uh, just down the street from me. And very close to Tommy as well. So this is a uh, stout, coconut moon tower stout, malty, roasty coconut. Here we go. Let's see what Beautiful. it's like. Beautiful. Well, I like the way I like the way this Torx deer smells when you pour it into a glass. A real what kind nice. Of beer is that? It's a, it's a double IPA. It's um. Oh boy, no driving home after this episode. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe thing. that's why the tires on fire. Someone had too many <laughs> exactly. of those things. And I just kind of realized as we were introducing our local beers of the week, um, when we hit the when we hit the UMFM airwaves, we can't talk about beer anymore. Yeah. So, so this, uh, this might be the last time ever we do a beer segment. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But you'll have to just trust us, dear listeners, that we are 
uh, drinking beer. <laughs> After we're done the episode, if yeah. anyone from UFM is listening. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, a stout is a good winter beer, you know? Absolutely. This is, this is perfect. Actually, the weather here in Winnipeg is warming up. It looks like it's going to be a nice weekend. Might have to hit the old ODR one yeah. of these days. But, uh, yeah, I, I dig this beer. Yeah. Got a, got a good... Uh... Yeah, nothing wrong with a stout for sure. Then that Sucrums has a couple nice ones. That Coconut Moon Tower. I had the regular Moon Tower without the coconut uh, earlier in the winter or back in the fall or whenever that was, and and I enjoyed it for sure. So, well, they uh, also I, do like the movie references with most of their beers. Yeah, and then um, Moon, the Moon Tower, Tower. It just reminded. It, sorry, I was gonna say Dazed and Confused. Is that? Yeah, but what what I was thinking was like. Did you ever watch Police Academy? Uh, a long time ago. Okay, yeah. well, there was Hightower on Police Academy. And okay. Was like, that's what made it, when I was thinking about, whenever they re- release a beer, I always try and figure out what movie they're referencing. Mm. Um, and so Moon Tower, just, just made, it made me think think of Police Academy before okay. it made me think of anything else. I Anyways. Think it's, I think it's dazed and confused because they are, um, it's a party at the Moon Tower, keg party at the Moon Tower. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, so yes, um, because let's we're, talk some hockey. Yeah, we're sticking to a hard 58 here. Uh, Chris Latang <laughs> is, uh, you know, banging on the door telling us yeah. to hurry up and talk about some hockey here. So basically, um, one of the, the very first point that I wanted to bring up and something that I messaged Tom yesterday, if we're, we're sticking on the theme of, of like acronyms or, you know, uh, initials, uh, we got our boy PLD and our little our boy PLD is MIA. Like, what's going on there, Tommy? We're living in a dream world or uh, a simulation. This the trade never happened. Uh, you know, Patrick Line is over there uh, in Columbus, ripping it up with Jack Roslovic. And uh, meanwhile, in Winnipeg, the return for that trade, we've barely seen him. And uh, it's uh, Friday, the 19th of February. The Jets are in Vancouver to play the Canucks night, and he will not be in the lineup. He is uh, maybe going to play on Sunday against the Canucks, but yeah, I don't know. I guess he's got a tweak in his hammy or something like that. It's hard to say. All they've said is that he experienced tightness in practice uh, a couple days ago or a week ago or whatever it was, and they pulled him out. They retroactively put him on the injury reserve, which means they can activate him the same day, I guess. Activate um, him seven days later. Right. So whatever, so, yeah. I so, don't really understand how the whole uh, injury reserve works, to be honest with you, but... Yeah, you got to um, gotta put the guy on there for seven days, but they didn't technically put him on there uh, until whatever it was, like, I guess, on Friday, yeah, even though a- he already missed a few days. But so they can. that's that's how they can basically bring him back sooner. Yeah. Um, you just it's yeah. You call they say he was re- retroactively put on IR on this date, which means seven days later is the earliest you can activate the guy. Yeah. So that's what that's it's it's a, it's a little bit of um, uh, salary cap juggling. Yeah, is, for is, sure. Is involved there as well, but you know, <clears throat> yeah, like it's there was all this. Uh, you know, excitement around the trade and it's just kind of like, it, it's fizzled. And <laughs> it's, it's totally like, fizzled. And it, now and it's like, uh, it, it doesn't even see like, 
it's hard the, to get excited. For, well, the Jets have played all of one, no, all of three games of their 16 have been with either Line A or Dubois. Dubois has played in two, Line A played in one, and the the rest of the games the Jets have had neither. So the fact that they are sitting at nine, six, and one, sitting in fourth place currently in the North Scotiabank North Division. Uh, shout out to Scotiabank there. Um, you know, it's I guess it's a kind of testament to them that they've been able to pull that off without having a, a big piece like either Dubois or Line A in the in the lineup. But um like yeah, the, the excitement has fizzled. You go on the online social medias or the wherever comment boards and things and people people like are so like these are people who have never even seen Dubois play and they're just like so anti Dubois or whatever. And it's like, okay, well this is why you don't read the internet folks, but yeah. like same way you don't Google like your symptoms. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't read the comments on a hockey thread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just uh, nothing but trouble. And like, I'm, I'm still a big Dubois fan. I'm excited that we got him. Do I think that it was the best trade ever? No, because uh, we essentially gave Jack Roslovic for nothing. And, He's been, uh, you know, he's my wife's favorite player now. He's just, he's. But for the record, um, there was like a stat on TSN Jets or TSN 3 the other day about like the number of guys on the Jets current roster that were drafted in the third round or uh, higher. Yeah. And I guess that that's kind of like a, don't worry, folks. The third round pick is okay. Like, it don't yeah. like don't think it's just a throwaway because you've got Adam Lowry, um, yeah, Lowry uh, Connor, was like Connor Hellebuck, Andrew Kopp, um, yeah. Appleton. Mason Appleton. You've got a bunch Harkins. of guys. Yeah, you've got a bunch of guys that are drafted for sure in in the rounds like three, four, five, six. Yeah. So again, I think it was almost like a a propaganda piece to yeah. to make the folks you know feel better about that third round pick i'm kind of fine with it but I, at the same time i just wish in the here and now it was a roster player or something coming back like that you know yeah but and then at the same do? time jack roslovic would never have done what he's doing in columbus he would never no. have he's done getting that top here. line center minutes essentially You're not uh, i mean do that maybe here. second line but whatever like you know and uh good for him basically but yeah With circling said, back if anyone wants to buy two jack roslovic's hockey sticks uh, <laughs> now that they're worth something yeah but but yeah circling back uh pld mia and it's just like man i can't wait till this guy gets in the lineup and then once he finally does get in the lineup you just have to hope uh that paul maurice is gonna utilize him like the kind of player that he is instead of trying to like wean him in, like, you know, like just like give him a little bit at a time or whatever, like, like no offense to Andrew cop, uh, like the guy, like what he's been doing, but <clears throat> him playing on the first line for as long as he has is just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. He's not a finisher. Um, you know, like, and I get the argument for why he's been there, but like, the sooner that PLD can come back and bump cop back down to like the third line, essentially the better, you know, 
Um, but yeah, they, they will had Paul those, Maurice do that? Like, yeah, who, knows? who knows? They had they had those. Well, what, like the first thing that we saw was like the, you know, the PLD with Connor, like how they kind of spaced out, like or they prepared two guys and kind of like evened out all the lines all the way. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or a bad idea. You probably need to do it for longer. It didn't work off the hop. Um, but again, you're not going to create chemistry immediately. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and I you're wonder right. you're, you're right. Andrew cop needs to be the guy that goes down. He had those moments of brilliance with Stasny and Ehlers, but he's been that, playing really well this season. No, don't get me wrong, but, but yeah, it's, I it's just, not, it's not something that's consistent. And when PLD comes back, you got to think about how that guy played a couple of seasons ago when Columbus defeated Tampa Bay in four straight in the first round mm. and how they played in the playoffs after that. And then also how they played in the bubble last season against Toronto. And, 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 and after that, like PLD pretty much was like the, you know, the stallion of that team. He's the guy that would really, you know, drive the ship or drive the, you know, drive the team as a whole. So I think that's how he needs to be used. It's not like, um, you know, I don't think he can just slot in on a second or third line and play 13 minutes. I think yeah, he, exactly. You like gotta the, you gotta give him the heavy minutes and give give him like the heavy ice and let him go with that. So yeah, I think I think Maurice has had him around 13 minutes the first game or fi- 16 the next or 15 whatever it was, and it was like you know he's trying to ease him in, and I get that he hadn't played in like three weeks essentially. Um, because he was, uh, you know, he couldn't even practice because he had to be in quarantine and everything. So, you know, but I just, I think uh, he's just got to, you know, got to get in there and and play some better minutes. And yeah, that being said, um, you know, maybe Maurice knew that PLD had a little bit of an injury or something, and that's maybe why he was not playing him so much. Yeah, or did he get that injury from coming kind of yeah. coming in cold or whatever and yeah. yeah maybe he just sort of spent the whole 14 days doing yoga and we, we wouldn't <laughs> be talking with this but anyways so one thing that you know i think has been on the minds of a lot of the jets hockey fans here is um the power play and if you think back to a couple nights ago there uh edmonton the game when the jets lost 3-2 uh, they gave up two quick ones against Edmonton to be down two nothing, but I'm pretty sure in the first period they had three or four power plays. Or maybe, it, I think, but the thing between the first two periods they had three or four power plays. So it was almost like the the zebras were giving them a you know a free free pass to get back into the hockey game, and that power play, um, uh, which we're I think going to dub the sour play, um, just wasn't happening. Yeah, they finished one for five in that game. And, you know, Edmonton, on the other hand, was actually only one for six. Uh, So neither power play was exactly clicking that night, although Edmonton's looked a lot more dangerous. Um, The Jets right now, their power play is, uh, it's actually 23.1%. So that's somewhere in between one and four and uh, one and five, you know what I mean? Um, so that, that game where they were one for five on the power play is pretty much right on par with what they're at. But like in this league, when like you gotta be, if you get five power plays, you gotta put two in the net kind of thing. Like one, one for five is not really good enough in my opinion. And 
I think that the sour play, as we are calling it now here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, is just like for the Jets, it's just stagnant. I've watched, uh, you know, on my uh, Shaw Center Ice package here, I'm watching all kinds of different teams play and stuff like that. And I, and then when I, it comes around to watching a Jets game, the and then they go on the power play. It's frustrating. They just all they're just standing there. It's the same setup. They're looking for the same shot every time, and it gets kind of nowhere. And to pile on Blake Wheeler, um, they got him playing down below the goal line there, and uh, you know he fumbles the puck. Like he's just I don't know what's going. You gotta check the lie on your stick, Blake, because buddy, it ain't working right now. <laughs> like his his passes just aren't the same and whatever like he's handling the puck like it's a live grenade like it's just not working and and then at the top of the blue line there you got josh morrissey which is he the best option there for maybe what like i know that they try and spread it out so that's why they got pionk on the second power play but maybe try five forwards you know put nick ehlers uh in, on that first unit and then you could put um i don't know if you want to put wheeler at the top or who you'd put up at the top but like you could, they gotta try something else out like it's just it's frustratingly inefficient this power play um, well i think what's uh, like a big frustrate like a a big part of the frustration is it it seems like they just keep going back to the same well yeah like and and they feel that it's eventually gonna work yeah. And it like, it, I don't know if that's like an old school mentality, but again, like you see it, like when they keep going back to Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, like they, they split them up because there's a defensive liability or whatever things aren't working or they want to spread things out. But then it's like, then they go back to it. And like, I made a joke in, in our hockey thread. It's like, you know, you never go out with your ex, like, you know, it didn't work. So move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like it's that same power play look that um again, I think you know the the like wheeler down on the goal line there, sure it, like you're you're maybe getting some different looks, but it just doesn't seem to be clicking, and it's like, yeah, yeah. you're right, like the the mishandling of of the puck, and then I don't I know what you I call that. Is it an umbrella? The umbrella is when you do it from the top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like how, and this year, here's a big reason why the umbrella doesn't work for the Winnipeg Jets is because to, at the top of the umbrella, you need a, da a dangerous shooter. You need Dustin Bufflin. You need Bufflin or you need like, you know, someone with a heavy shot. And like, yeah. like that's not something that jo Josh Morrissey really has in his repertoire. So I think pretty much all teams when they're defending the Jets power play, they just, uh, they kind of err on the side of being down low because they're not too worried about the shot any, from the top. Any, yeah, any, they any danger up from up top because also it's not like he's making great passes to yeah. Shifley or Connor who are playing on, on the corner or on the, on the, on the walls there. So the, the other part of their power play that really frustrates me is the zone entry. And I've noticed watching a lot of different teams this year is that pretty much every team does the exact same zone entry move. They have in their own end, they have the one guy 
start to carry the puck up and then he drops the pat he does a drop pass and then somebody coming from behind picks it up and they skate it in over the line and then they either gain the line and then make a pat they kind of they stop chip up. It off to the side right yeah, ch- yeah chip it off to the side stop up or they'll play it down low behind the net and then the other two guys go fetch it or whatever yeah but the whole like drop pass in like basically it's like you carry it up from your own zone and then you right as soon as you hit your blue line or before you hit the red line you're dropping it to the guy coming up behind you and it's like every team does this right now and power but you know plays, why you know why it works though well it's it's to back off the defenders basically and then what, you can come at you can come at them with speed yeah so like so then it's but like it, you're 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 because how hard does it defend if I was coming at you straight? Like, if you're standing still and I'm coming at you like full speed, full tilt, yeah. right? Like, you, I, you got nothing on me. I get it why they do it. But, like, for me watching the Jets do it, they're not um, – it's not, like, fast enough or yeah, something exactly. because that, – That's the key. They're they're not doing fast enough. And yeah. the guy who can do it fast Because they hit that blue enough, line and then it they turn it over every yeah. single time. The guy who can Not do it fast time. enough plays on power play number two. Exactly. Who, who rarely gets, you know, a, a sip of the power play coffee. Yeah. And yeah. then the the next guy who can do that same zone entry is PLD because yeah. he's got the speed. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, all that being said uh, is the perfect cue for, for the this week's uh, uh, pants question. Um, which is directly related to the stuff that we just talked about. So I'm going to cue up the music here and we're going to get right to it. When I wake up in the morning light I pull on my jeans and I feel all right I pull my blue jeans on 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 All right, so that's the uh, pants some music that we all have come to know and love. Uh, this week's question for Tommy, you know, uh, we're going to keep keep this quick. Uh, he's going to hop on the bus. He's going to get down to St. Vitale Mall now that you can be 25% capacity. Um, you know, you might have to, like, wait in line outside a little bit longer. That's okay. It's warmer. Um, <laughs> it's, took- it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I took my baby down for a mall for an early morning oh, mall walk That's there awesome. at St. Vital, man. It's like Sweet. minus 50 out and it's like, man, we've got to get out of the house. <laughs> well, perfect. You, uh, you probably walked through the bay then and looked at some pants. Uh, we walked and, past it, you okay. know, you know, I didn't, uh, yeah. But. So my, my question for you, um, is directly, directly related to, you know, PLD coming and not like not an immediate spark. Um, and it's kind of like, we're we're in this purgatory waiting for pld this, pld this, mia purgatory yeah this the power play which is the sour play it's not it's not terrible but it's not great it, it we the jets are missing like a weapon you know they're, they're needing something and it's mm. like to me it seems like um uh you know what what can really rally the boys here you're kevin Chevaldeoff. you're seeing the boys up in that beautiful sweets you know you probably got some matzo sticks coming in every once in a while and <laughs> and some hundredth meridian oh no wait that's uh not happening anymore oh, yeah. but um so h- h- yeah how long do you let things happen as just status quo or do you like 
do you feel something needs to happen to really spark this team? And like, mm. what, what, what could that be? Is that bringing in somebody or is that like shaking up, um, uh, you know, the lines or something or like, like what, what, what could be that? Like, cause it, again, it, it just feels like it's groundhog day with the Winnipeg jets for the past two seasons. It's like, yeah. which jets team is showing up tonight? Oh, the flat one. Oh, like this one. It's like, Oh, the 2018 jets, they're back. Sweet. And it's like next game. No, they're not. So, you're up there, you're sitting with Chevy. What's like, how long, one, how long do you wait until you do something? And two, like, what would what, what, what you think of doing? Yeah, the only thing consistent about the Winnipeg Jets lately these days is how wildly inconsistent they are, basically. They're, they're, they're a win one, lose one kind of team lately, it seems like. You know, as fans, we all want to see them put together a three, four, five game win streak, but um it just seems like that's asking too much uh and and it does feel like they need a spark and i think a lot of fans have kind of uh looked at the coaching and thought maybe there's some uh you know maybe the message is being lost you know uh paul maurice is the longest tenured coach in the nhl at the moment and you know, you start to question whether things could be different, if whatever, but it all comes down to the personnel that you're putting on the ice, really. And and what you're asking here is, could Chevin, Kevin Chevaldayoff provide a spark to his team by, make a mo- by making a move? And I think at this point, you know, he has made a move, and it, it's probably the biggest move in the league in a long time in the, in that line a for Dubois trade. And the only reason that it hasn't given the spark is because we haven't really seen Dubois yet. You know what I mean? We, he's, he's had limited minutes in two games and, and that's all we've seen of him. And so there hasn't been much of a spark to, to catch a flame yet from there. But so hopefully, you know, once he gets into the lineup a little more regularly and starts being utilized a lot more, then that does provide the team with the spark that we're looking for. But, but what I, I think that the power play going back to what we were talking about before the, uh, the pants song came on is, is the jets would love to have a guy who's kind of um, got a big shot from the top of the, from the blue line and whatever. And, and is, you know, uh, not to, to like always bring him up, but Dustin Bufflin, man, it's like, damn, we miss him. But, um, you know, like those guys don't grow on trees and you're not going to be able to really bring like it trade wise. We've seen with Pierre-Luc Dubois 14 day quarantine. Like if it's going to be a trade, it's coming from a Canadian team. They're done trading with American teams for this year. You know, I think anyway, so what Canadian teams are selling, well, Ottawa, basically. And then you look at what they've got to, to kind of sell off. And it's like, you know, you could go there. They're not moving any of their young guys. So it's like, they're sort of more rental players or whatever. And I don't know that there's really anybody on Ottawa who fits Winnipeg's bill. Um, As the season goes on, maybe we'll see, uh you know like if vancouver sort of like i don't know what you know where the standings are gonna go because it's kind of like 
Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Vancouver, that clump of four teams seem to be very tight. And I feel like they're all, none of them are going to become sellers. They're all going to be like, we're going, we're, we're, we're making the playoff push kind of deal. Unless of course there becomes some separation in the next month or whenever the trade deadline is usually the trade deadlines right around now, isn't it? Like late February. Yeah. Um, so I don't know when the, it must be pushed back a month or something. What are they doing? Yeah. It's gotta be, you know, another month at least yeah. probably two thirds of the way through the season. Yeah. Um, like, so here's, it, here's where the spark could come from. And I don't know if this is a coaching decision or a management decision or what, but our, uh, our, our fell our young fella, Vili Hanala. Let's get him in there. I feel like they're playing certain f- people uh, based on their salary more than their ability. And, um, you know, you look at Vili Hanala and it's like, yeah, he's 19 years old, whatever. But everybody agrees he's NHL ready. Um, he's already played nine or 10 games in the NHL. And, like he's not looked out of place. He's only gonna get better at it. They want to groom him a little more in the AHL, and that's fine. But to me, like, what the heck is Dylan DeMello doing that's so much more special than what Billy Hanela could do? You know what I mean? And like, why not bring in Hanela uh, and and try him out? Like, he could be a power play guy. Like, maybe he's. You never know. I don't know. It yeah. Just... Like, how how long do you let things fester before you're like? okay, let's throw everything at the wall to try and get something to work here. Whether that's put five guys on the first power play or like get exactly right. Put like free Villy and, and get that kid up up there. And like, maybe yeah. he's a spark or something. Yeah. Like if there's no reason why he can't, uh, if you think about like uh, guys like Kale McCarr who came and made a difference, like immediately, like as yeah. a young guy, guys who can skate now and, yeah like guys yeah. who can skate so wh- one last thing and then we'll move on to the, the some american uh team talk um you mentioned there <clears throat> with edmonton winnipeg calgary and vancouver those four teams are kind of you know fighting in the middle um how confident are you that winnipeg could finish ahead of two of those teams because that's what would need to happen to make the playoffs yeah for sure and um I I like I I like the Jets' chance at it. Uh, they just need to get some better consistency in their game, which we just have not really seen this year uh, so far. And it's like, you know, when they play like they can and should, then they look they look really good. But like, you know, it's they they haven't played Montreal yet. They've only played Toronto once so far. So we just, it's hard to say, we don't know really. And Toronto, like as much as I love to crap on them, they're, they're running away with the North division and they're, you know, I mean, yeah, they, that was Ottawa. They just lit up, but like, you know, um, they, they look like a, a, a good team, you know, and Montreal, like they started hot. Are they going to sustain I don't know. I think they're in the top four. Uh, so then it comes down to what other two teams. My gut tells me it's Edmonton and Winnipeg, and then Calgary ends up on the outside looking in. But you know, I think I think Calgary is a team that would do whatever it takes, though, to make a move. Move. 
Like they yeah. they seem to make drastic moves, so drastic yeah, changes. The, like they they go for it. They're they're like very similar to teams like uh, Pittsburgh, who like yeah, Pittsburgh just like change it at the. We need drop we need fat. something to happen right now. Yeah. And that being said, yeah. Pittsburgh Speaking Penguins, of Pittsburgh, <laughs> let's get into it. It's been a long time since we've talked about our boy BT Brandon Tanev. That's right. So um, one of these days we'll have some theme music for Tanev time. We, may, we might have like a a clock ticking sound or something, <laughs> maybe like from Back to the Future. Oh but, yeah. Uh, We'll have to get our intern on that. The beginning of Back to the Future there with all those clocks, um, (laughs) something like that. And something, we'll have to just change the speed so it doesn't get copyright flagged. (laughs) But anyways, it's Tanev time. Tommy, uh, what can you tell us about Brandon Tanev? How's he doing down in the Steel City? Well, he's been playing really good. He's top three in the league in hits. Uh, I think he's got 71 hits as of an article that I read this morning. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's in the top three, 71 hits. Uh, he's got four goals, six points. So uh, if you recall, the, uh, the wager with our buddy Carter is for... Carter the gar- car guy from McPhillips Toyota, a little shout out there. Yeah, if you need if... a vehicle, go check out Carter. And that's right. There you go. Uh, I think our wager was 10. No, last season he had 10, so it was plus... Uh, something like that. I, I can't remember. It was 11 goals, basically over under on 10. I took the over. So essentially we're talking 11 goals. Well, he only needs seven more, bud. So look out. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a pretty good shot of that happening. Um, yeah. I'm looking, like at, that. I'm looking at his hockey DB right now. And the only yeah. thing I see is his picture. <laughs> it's like, He's, it's that famous oh, picture of him. Oh my seeing, God. Seeing a ghost. Yeah. So good. So good. And so here, I just want to read you a quote from this article that I read on pittsburghhockeynow.com a little earlier today. Uh, And I just really like this quote. So they're talking about the third line on Pittsburgh, which is made up of Tanev, uh, Teddy Bluger, uh, local hero or local legend from um, episode nine, Minnesota guy there. Not to be confused with Freddy (laughs) Krueger. Teddy Bluger, that's like the bizarro Freddy Krueger. I love it. Um, And Zach Aston Reese is the other member of that Pittsburgh third line. And that third line, like you got Crosby's Crosby's line of Gensel and Rust, and then that third line, and then Malkin is like, what the hell is he doing? You know, but anyway, Pittsburgh. So this article is about the third line. It says, lastly, the line is completed by the player they call Turbo. His growing mullet waves in the wind as the lightning-fast skater chases pucks and his top three in the NHL with hits with 71. Brandon Tanev has also popped four goals and six points this season. That also puts the 29-year-old grinder on a career pace, slightly above his previous best in 2018-19 with the Winnipeg Jets. So look out. Yeah, save some of your commissions there, Carter. (laughs) (laughs) exactly look out um but yeah no if we're talking penguins in general they're a team that's kind of like the jets it's like what are you gonna get you're gonna get this team that looks great uh or sometimes they don't but they they gotta just like a steaming mess of yeah 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 but i think that like deep down they're a good team they just they need a little extra something on the back end and they'll be all right. But um, that third line for Pittsburgh has looked great. 
and uh, so Tanev's a big part of that for sure. Yeah, and similar to the Jets, you know, the third line for the Winnipeg Jets, Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, and whoever ends up playing, whether it's yeah. Perot or or yeah. Kopp eventually. Perot's um, been playing some of his best hockey lately. He's yeah. looking great out there. But if you think about a spark, and Brandon Tanev was, was almost always that spark for the Winnipeg Jets. He was the for guy... Sure getting in there on the forecheck, you know, making a big hit, you know, causing a turnover kind of thing. Um, yeah, Tanev, um, he's he's that type of player. And if you think about kind of our conversation last week, Mason Appleton has now almost become that new Tanev. Where, yeah. But we can't quite forget about Tanev time and Brandon Tanev, one, because we have the segment, Two, because Mason Appleton hasn't quite reached reached it yet, but he's he's close. He's like I think Mason Appleton is one of my favorite Jets so far this season. He's yeah. been looking good. Uh, Neil Pionk is right up there too as well. Like I, I really like that guy. Yeah, he, he brings it every single game. Yeah, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the thing that sets Tanev and Appleton apart. Uh, aside from the mullet, although Appleton's got the wispy ginger stash, um, is uh, just Tanev's ability, his, well, his speed. And Appleton's a fast guy too, but like Tanev just like is so, like he throws the body so much. Like, you know, he's every year times. that he was a Jet, he was like leading in hits. And, and you know, he hasn't changed in that re regard. So, He's still killing it over there for Pittsburgh and uh, throwing the body. But, you know, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, they're, like I say, kind of Jets-esque with their inconsistencies. But they're, um, let's, let's go to their cross-state rivals, the Philadelphia Flyers, um, and talk a little Lake Tahoe action coming up this weekend. Um, it's, it's uh, I think it's like – president's day weekend or something i don't know it's got like i, I think they're they got a long weekend down there maybe and uh uh anyway but they philly got philly doesn't play till sunday though right tomorrow is colorado correct. vegas correct yes. yeah i just kind of got hip to what's going on today i was like holy crap <laughs> i didn't even realize this is happening already yeah That's what a cool, cool setup they got though hey like the right out there it's on it's um it's on South Lake Tahoe. The rink that they built is like, I think it's on a golf course or something, to be honest with you. Yeah, apparently it's like on the 10th hole or something like that. Okay. But yeah, uh, th for those of you at home, they're not actually playing on Lake Tahoe. They're not yeah. playing hockey on a lake. They're playing it's hockey beside. on land beside the lake. Yeah. So, <laughs> close. A great view, though. Yeah. But yeah, Philadelphia... They're going to be without, so they're playing the Bruins on Sunday, and they're going to be without six of their regulars uh, because of COVID protocol. So they got no Jake Voracek, they got no uh, Claude Giroux, they got no Travis Konechny, um, no Oscar Lindblom, no Scott Lawton, and uh, Justin Braun also out. So kind of too bad for Philly. And they're, they're a team that I've enjoyed watching this year so far. Former Jet Kevin Hayes also lighting it up for the Flyers this year. Um, and I've actually had Nolan I've, Patrick, too. Nolan Patrick, yeah, for sure. Um, he, uh, he took an unfortunate penalty in the uh, overtime, I believe it was, against the Rangers yesterday. But what are you going to do? But um, I've got Hayes and Voracek on my fantasy hockey league team. 
uh, and they were just killing it for me until Voracek uh, went on the COVID protocol list and, uh, you know, whatever. But I, I, I think, like, that matchup against Boston is going to be a good one because Boston, like, still, despite losing Tory Krug, despite losing Zdeno Chara and whoever else, you know, they've, and they're not getting a ton of secondary scoring other than, you know, their Marchand Bergeron Pasternak line is doing the, all the heavy lifting, eh, but they win games. It doesn't matter. The Bruins are still going. So that'll be a really good game. And then the other game, Colorado Vegas on Saturday, they've played a few games recently uh, that I've watched on TV. There was a one nothing win by Vegas and a three, two win by Colorado, man. Those are some good teams right there. Like, in my opinion, one of those two teams, Vegas or Colorado, are going to be in the Stanley Cup final. And I don't know, you know, like yeah, it's, it's, I agree. Oh, they're just those teams. I, I don't, I don't think Colorado has really hit their stride yet this season. No. I, I like at the start of the year, I was watching pretty much every single abs game. I kind of stopped for a while. Well, then they missed a bunch of uh, games, yeah. or they got a bunch of games postponed. postponed I should yeah. say. Yeah. Um, actually, just jumping back to Boston quickly. You know who I'm a big fan of is Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. Like yeah. the way he plays D. Like I like he's moving. He's like I don't know. I I, I like, and maybe that's why they knew that they could let Krug go, and they knew absolutely that they, they could yeah. let Chara go because Charlie McAvoy. I swear, if if um if you haven't watched a game uh you know boston play anybody you you easily see that guy every single mm -hmm. game like yeah though how, how quick he is his skill like it's it, it uh like i wish the jets had somebody like that like well yeah the, exactly the he's end. the guy that you wish they had uh, you know man in the top of the point of the on he's the just power so play. good the way that he skates and the way that he like just navigates the whole ice like mm -hmm. he's everywhere he's one of those guys that like just seems to be everywhere he's really fast and it doesn't even look like he's working that hard and then the, the other, other thing too with with boston is you know the classic um what do they call that line uh with pastor the perfection line yeah, yeah. pasternak bergeron and and uh Marshawn. like yeah like the, that's that's a that's a great line they're always going to be in the mix whenever they have those guys so um yeah it's great and then number 46 david Krejci. Uh, yeah Actually, Krejci just got injured last game there, so he's out for a little while now. Um, I think like, like for a week or like not just day to day. Like he, I think he's out for a little bit. Okay. But, so uh, yeah, what what are your what are your takes for the weekend? It's like who, who like who like who are you picking? Who like obviously Philly's up against uh, you know a, you know a pretty tough Boston team with a lot of a lot of guys on the lineup. But first and foremost, we got the big matchup with Colorado, Vegas. And mm. I think Colorado's wearing those uh, re reverse retro. The Nordique style ones? Yeah, oh. I'm pretty sure. How could you not pick Colorado <laughs> yeah, then? So, so I, I, I saw some images today, uh, yeah. and it looked like they were wearing those for a bunch of photos. So I would assume they're wearing them for the game tomorrow. So Yeah, I, like, I think yeah. so. And then I think Vegas has some red jerseys they're going to be wearing. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury got a new mask painted up for it and looking pretty sharp. And Fleury has been playing great lately. Like, I mean, anybody who ever counted out Marc-Andre Fleury, like, I don't know what they're thinking there, but um, that guy, like, unreal. And uh, 
just keeps going eh? like he's like a fountain of youth and and just looks as good as he did back in the you know penguins cup win of you know 2008 or whatever like he's he's legit and uh you think we're gonna see a lot of goals no those colorado vegas not between colorado vegas i think colorado vegas it's gonna be like two one maybe four three i don't know like uh, but it'll be a low scoring game because those two teams can play it tight. And I think that they will because um, they've already played each other a couple times this week, basically. And, uh, and, and they're, you know, they're, they know the two points on the, in the standings are important. So I, I think that's going to be a tight game. The Boston Philly game, I think will be a little wide, more wide open, and uh, I'll pick Philly in that one. Just Carter Hart. I'm going to say Carter Hart's going to have himself a game. And, uh, you know, but, uh, Philly will come out with like a 4-2 win or something like that. Yeah, that, that totally tends to happen. Like those outdoor games seem to be fairly tight. Um, you know, there might, <clears throat> there might be just one team that's completely off and then it kind of is lopsided. Like I remember that Pittsburgh-Chicago one from quite a few years ago where Chicago really took it to the Penguins. But for the most part, a lot of those outdoor games end up end up being uh, pretty tight battles, two one, three two kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, goaltending plays a huge factor. So, yeah, uh, yeah looking forward to it uh, for it's sure. Be to- tomorrow's game is tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you yeah, they're both Vegas. afternoon games. I'm pretty you, sure. You got yeah. Vegas. Yeah, I guess they didn't have the lights set up. So, yeah. Vegas and uh, Colorado tomorrow. And yeah, it should be cool. And it's a hockey game, not in a football or baseball stadium. Yeah, it's going to look so good on TV. And I mean, like they've had all the social media pictures out there today. And it looks amazing. Like it just, and it makes you wish and hope that they'll do such a thing at like, say, Lake Louise with a Battle of Alberta. Like how amazing would that be? Although, of course, they couldn't do it in February. It would have to be like March or October or something like that. But like, yeah. it would, you know, just Yeah, I think like, it might be, it might be a brand new trend for, for the NHL uh, yeah. for doing um, outdoor games in non-traditional spots, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, make the big production for TV and make it look good and you get like, you know, a bunch. I, I, I understand why they want to do them in football stadiums because you get 100,000 people or 60,000 people or whatever in there. And then, it, you know, you get a lot of beer sales. But uh, I don't know, maybe they can find a deal with Budweiser or whatever for some, <laughs> you know, cut of the TV profits and all the people at home drinking Bud Light Limes or whatever. So, but uh, yeah. So, so we are we are quickly approaching the hard hard Latang here. We got <laughs> we got a couple minutes left to go. Um, so we kind of just want to round out the show here with a little segment that we call five card draw. Right. And it's basically um, five cards, five random hockey cards, or five cards picked with a purpose. Um, basically, this week um, we've been in our WhatsApp threads with with the boys uh, from the Crest of Steel. We've been throwing around some hockey card talk and with one of our uh, actually former guest Kyle Antonchuk he was right. telling us some stories about uh, I think a coworker that had some a Gordy Howe and a Terry Sawchuk rookie card yeah so Parkhurst. Uh, from Parkhurst so that kind of got me thinking it's like Parkhurst is like that one or a couple brands um that it's like the classic brand but then like um you know there were those years of like Opeachy and 
and tops and stuff yeah, like I that. I love an Opeachy. And like when they would try and do like the high end looking card, like mm. when 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 the classic looking cards, like you know when when Opeachy tries to do like a upper deck style card. Right. When Opeachy gets glossy. Yeah. Opeachy, like just stick to what's true. Like stick to the cardboard. Like no pictures on the back. Just stats <laughs> and then maybe that little cool little fact, like. Yeah, like Brandon Tanev likes to eat pizza before the game or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like those kinds of things. But anyways, so I found a few Parkhurst uh, cards, like not from 1951. These are from uh, 20, 2017. Um, so, and Parkhurst went glossy this year or for this seasons of cards. I'm sure they still do the glossy thing, but Parkhurst is just not that brand that you think of as current cards. You think of more of them from the past, like from all those classic years of, of, you know, probably cards that are worth thousands of dollars. Um, So we got about a minute left here in the show. The five cards I picked were number one, we got Evgeny Malkin. Mm. Is this guy going to wake up this season? Who knows? Number two, Jake Gensel. Is this oh. guy the future of the Pittsburgh Penguins? If they guys, if they're gonna do anything, this guy has got to be, you know, riding shotgun with Sid the kid. Yeah. Or else they're gonna see Sid maybe move elsewhere. We can talk about that on a future episode. <laughs> um, the next one I got is Mitch Marner. And, oh, and Mitchell. The two reasons why I picked this one: it, one is like it's the horizontal card, which I'm never a fan of. Yeah, because the old how landscape. Do put, how do you put it in? To Doesn't your, fit in your binder. Yeah, it's just weird. And uh, number two, uh, scoring is up so much in the North Division. Uh, that's something we're going to talk about on the next episode. If scoring is up, does that mean goaltending is down? We'll talk about that. Um, number four, we got Sean Couturier, another horizontal Ooh. card. Yeah. Drafted the same year as Mark Shifley, but you're going to see him this weekend playing on Lake Tahoe. To me, nice. I feel this is here's – a, here's a true – centerman that you'd want on your hockey team he's going to be on team canada whenever they have uh olympics or whatever so whenever it's your if it's your real hockey team or your fantasy hockey team here's the real deal right there sean couturier and last but not least we have another pittsburgh penguin or former pittsburgh penguin we got matt murray the guy Mm. who just couldn't seem to save a puck the other night and i saw matt barnaby uh, call him out on Twitter saying, what are you playing dodgeball? So he totally just ripped him. <laughs> Barnaby. Matt, Matt Murray, uh, you know, he's in tough this season with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens there, but uh, they signed him for it's, a four-year deal. It it's looks not like ca- they've got the world's greatest defense. There was no Thomas Shabbat in the lineup either. I mean, come on. But yeah, hey. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty tough, but so that's the five card draw for this week. Tommy, uh, send these folks home. All right. Well, uh, look, we're going to go out on a song by Donnie Dumphy, Newfoundland's finest. And this uh, song is called Having a Time. It was kind of his first smash hit single uh, going all the way back to like 2008 or so. And he references Danny Cleary, the first Newfoundlander with the Stanley Cup in this song. So look out for that lyric. Uh, keep your stick on the ice. Check your lie. We'll see you next time on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Yeah, buds. It's Donnie Dunphy here. Just out rapping, no jib rap. People always ask Donnie, you know, what are you all about? Well, here it is. Me and my 
My first 50 bucks rolling smokes for money. First thing I bought was a case of beer and a rubber. I was born in the cab and the boys were too. Looking at each other, sure our dies ain't you. There's nothing like sitting with a bottle of screech, a purity cracker and a bucket of salt beef. Then heads to Jimmers to get me script. And you know what that means. 1200 Chris! Drop down the nine sitting next to me. I'm weighing grams, she's watching Jeopardy. See, I get some inspiration from the movie Dune. Best order wasn't good, see, it was Booka Boom. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Brenda, what do you want? Take us for a ride, take us for a jaunt. Honda 50, get her on the go, get her on the grab. I don't mind on the front. I don't mind on the back. Stop at the shop for a loaf of bread. Spent all our money on Nevada's instead. Cheerios. If you got beef with Dumpy, I wouldn't be so inclined. Cause I'm not freaking around. And I'm just having a time. Having a time, having a time. That's what I said, I'm just having a time. Breakfast, having a time. Wheelies, having a time. Headlocks, having a time. Drunk tank, not so much a time. If you got beef with Dumpy, up with two black eyes your mother had it coming and i'm still having a time <laughs> hash spotter only smokes the hash by gold stein yeah hash only gets you so fucking high unless you got a four-wheel drive i'll say this once and i'll say it clearly dumpy's on the cup next to danny cleary i'm clyde brenda's bonnie you may drink like a fish but a fish drinks like donnie was gonna ask brenda to marry me but then wrestling came on it was wwe Come on, get down with the dumb persona. Case of beer, pack of darts, and the rest in bologna. So pour yourself a brew, cause I'm about to get surly. This one's for the boys out in Fort McMurray. You got beef with Dumpy. I wouldn't be so inclined. Cause I'm not freaking around. And I'm just having the time. Having the time, having the time. That's what I said, I'm just having the time. George Street, having the time. Brenda. Having a time. Bingo. Having a time. House arrest. Still having a time. So look, that's my story. What are you at? Like Danny Williams, I'm putting Newfoundland on the map. And Labrador.